Right, so I'm going to take out that five-minute segment in between. No, I'm, no, I'm going to keep it. Keep it. All right, so you know, the, the, the truth is it's, 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 it's a little bit of a hemshuk, but uh, you'll see what I mean. So it says in Pasuk, Eila Pekuti HaMishkan, Mishkan Eidas HaShapukat Alpi Moshe, that this is the accounting of the Mishkan, the Mishkan of testimony that has the Aron Abris, that Moshe Rabbeinu took the accounting of, right? So, in other words, then the Pasuk goes on to talk about the, uh, the calculations. In other words, all the shkalim counted up, all the gold, all the silver, and so on. Okay. But Rashi already comments on the double lashon of the Pasuk. Again, Eila Pekudi HaMishkan, Mishkan Heidas. This is the accounting of the Mishkan. What is the Mishkan? The Mishkan of testimony. It says the word Mishkan twice. So Rashi says like this, Shnei Pa'amim, it says it twice. Remez Lamikdash, this is a hint to the two Beis Lamikdash. That was taken as a mashkin kilo, like a mashkin is a, what's the word, mashkin, a, 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 a collateral. Yeah, it was taken as collateral by the Rabbanu Shloylam because of Aravaris. In other words, so the two words mishkin over here is a hint to the Beis HaMikdash. And why is the, why is the Beis HaMikdash being called, hinted to with the word mishkan? Because the word mishkan comes to the word mashkin also. Mashkin means a uh, collateral, a collateral that was taken. And the Rabbanu took away the Bati Mikdash because of our theirs. Okay, a number of questions. But really just, let's focus just on one, I guess, really. Let's keep it simple. Fine. For whatever reason, Chazal understand that the word Mishkan over here is twice, is a remiss to the Beis Mikdash. But why? It, 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 okay, fine. Once I have that tradition, then I would say, okay. And it's just, it's simply a hint to the fact that we're going to have two Beis Mikdashes later. Why is the Beis Mikdash being hinted to with the word Mishkan? So the Gemara in Ervin tells us that we find Mishkan, Ikri Mikdash, Mikdash, Ikri Mishkan. Sometimes in Tanakh, the word Mishkan and Mikdash are interchangeable. When the Pasuk, when, my, when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to build the Mishkan, the Pasuk, he said that the word Hashem uses is Asuli Mikdash. Already you see that the, the word Mishkan and Mikdash is kind of interchangeable. So all I have to say is that it says Mishkan twice. That's a remnant to the two Beis Mikdashes that we'll have. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi goes further. Rashi says... And it's not just into the two Beis Hamikdashes. It's a hint to the two to the destructions of the two Beis Hamikdashes, because over here the word the word Mishkan is not a hint to just the Beis Hamikdash. It's a hint to Hashem taking away the Beis Hamikdash. So the word Mishkan over here is is connected with the word Mashkan, and Hashem is taking away the Mishkan like a person taking uh, from a person that he lends money to. He's taking the uh, the Mashkan from the person. So uh, why why is that? Why would the pasuk hint? With the word Mishkan, not to the Beis Hamikdash, but to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. And second of all, why is destruction? In what way is the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash being described as a Mashkan? Like I'm taking something away in order to make sure that you don't, uh, you know, you don't skip town. You know, I shouldn't destroy the Beis Hamikdash. Destroy it and finish. What does it mean that I shouldn't took it away from us in a way of a Mashkan? Okay, so. So we have two things. You have a Mishkan and you have a Beis Hamikdash. It seems backwards. No, a Mashkan is something that the borrower gives to the lender. Beis Hamikdash, maybe we think, was given to the borrowers, us, by Hashem. Right, right, right. It's a little bit backwards, also. Right, right. It's true, also. Right. So it's like this. There's a, a var from the Ragged Shaver. It's Gavaldig Tyre. He mentioned this in a few places in his writings. This you cite. The Ragged Shaver asks the following stira. Two kashas that the Ragged Shaver asks between Mishkan. And Mikdash. Number one, in the Gemara, there's a, the, the, the Gemara tells us, it's more in Chulin, the Gemara makes a whole cheshman to prove how Batsalel, who was the head of the manufacturing of the Mishkan, the Gemara makes a calculation to prove 
that he was 13 years old. He was not a cotton, he was already bar mitzvah. He was mom's 13. Now the Ragged Shavar, and I mentioned the Riskara, the Riskara also makes the same point, that the reason why the Gemara makes such a calculation, goes out of its way to prove that, even though I don't know how old uh, anyone else was in the Midbar, but Tzal, we have to show, is 13 years old, said the Briskarov and the Ragged Shavar, you see from there, that the only ones allowed to build the Mishkan, you had to be a Gadol. You couldn't be a Kadon to build the Mishkan. You had to be an Ish, you had to be a Gadol. Okay, the problem is, is that the Gemara Megillah and the Gemara Shabbos, describing the Beis HaMikdash, seems to say now like that. The Gemara says that if kids are learning in Cheder and Yeshiva, we don't, and, and we need extra hands to build the Beis HaMikdash, we don't stop kids learning in Yeshiva, we let them learn, and even if it means that the, uh, the Beis HaMikdash will be delayed, it's Kedai. Okay, why? Because their learning is so Chashev. But it sounds like, let's say they're in recess anyway, or it's uh, during the summer, or whatever, or kids that are not, not, not in Cheder, then, you, they, then the other Rabbah, then they should come and help in the building of the base of Megdash. So on the one, on the one end, you're telling me Bitzal for the Mishkan has to be Bar Mitzvah, and if it's under Bar Mitzvah, he can't participate. But yet, when it comes to the base of Megdash, the only reason why we don't have kids participate is because we don't want to stop them from learning. But if it wasn't for that concern, we would have them work to build the base of Megdash. So that's a steer, number one. Another steer the, 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 the Raghat Shavar points out is like this. The Gemara tells us the Ramah Paschal is like this also in Hilchas Beis HaVechira, about the Beis HaMikdash, that the binyan of the Beis HaMikdash is not Deich HaShabbos. It's not Deich HaShabbos. You build the Beis HaMikdash in the six days of the week, but on Shabbos it's not Deich HaShabbos. Asks the Rogat Shavar, there's a Gemara in Maid Kodin. The Gemara says in Maid Kodin that the Chanukas HaMishkan, when the Mishkan was built, then they had certain sacrifices brought to... Uh, to plug in the Mishkan, you know, that it should be dedicated and should really take, you know, take effect as a Mishkan. The Gemara says in Ma'ikadon, those karbanas, even though it involves Chil Shabbos, bringing a karban, it was brought on Shabbos too. Chanukah, Samishkan is Daicha Shabbos. So says the Ragat I don't get it. Building the Beis HaMikdash is not Daicha Shabbos. But the karbanas necessary to dedicate the Mishkan is Daicha Shabbos. So these are the two contradictions. When it comes to the Mishkan, says the number one, we see Ketanim, not allowed. And number two, we find that building the Mishkan is Daicha Shabbos. Beis HaMikdash, opposite of both. The Beis HaMikdash, Ketanim are allowed, just we don't want to stop them from learning, but if that, it wasn't for that concern, Ketanim would be allowed to participate in the building of the Beis HaMikdash, and building the Beis HaMikdash is not Daicha Shabbos. How do we figure this out? So says the, says the Ragat Shavar, this is the aside. He said as follows, there's a fundamental difference between the mitzvah of building Mishkan versus the mitzvah of building Beis HaMikdash. The mitzvah of building the Mishkan was to actually build the Mishkan. Every single second, every single brick, well, it wasn't bricks, every single uh, uh, beam, every single piece of wood, every single curtain, <coughs> every single piece of the Mishkan, the mitzvah was to actually build it. Every single curtain that was laid, every single beam that was, that was, that was, that was established, uh, the person can make a bracha, Asher Kishon is the one who lived nice as a mishkan or whatever. Every single thing is a mitzvah, and because of that, because of that, says said the said the Ragat Shavar, since the actual building and every single step in the building process is a meisah mitzvah, it's an active mitzvah. So therefore, it has to be done l'shma. It has to be done l'shma, like every mitzvah is talking about making tzitzis or whenever you're doing something, it has to be done l'shem mitzvah. Kitanim don't have the ability to have l'shma. So Ketanim are not allowed to build a Mishkan. On the flip side, 
because building the Mishkan is itself a mitzvah, so that's a mitzvah which is Daicha Shabbos, because it's so chash if it's Daicha Shabbos. But says the Rugged Shavar, not so when it comes to Beis HaMikdash. When it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, there is no mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash. There's a mitzvah to make sure a Beis HaMikdash is built. It's similar to, let's say, on Sukkot. There's no mitzvah to build a Sukkah. You need a Sukkah on Sukkot. So you better make sure you have one on Sukkot. But when you're building a Sukkah before Sukkot, that's not a mitzvah. There's no bracha that you make on building a Sukkah. Because the point is just to make sure you have a Sukkah. Said the Raghat when it comes to the Mishkan, the mitzvah was mamish building. You are creating the Mishkan. You are creating the Mishkan, and that's what you have to do. You are creating the Mishkan, you have to have das, therefore you have to be a gadol, and it's so chashev, the act of building is so chashev, it's like Shabbos. But when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, the building of the Beis HaMikdash is just a heksher mitzvah. It's not the mitzvah itself. You're just doing something in order to make sure that, boom, at the end of the day, the Beis HaMikdash is there. That's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to make sure that Beis HaMikdash is there. So because of that, one second, so because of that, says the Rugged Shavar, even Katana can participate, because you don't need Das. The point is, the Beis is there. Is it there? It's there. Even Goyim, the Rugged Shavar suggests, maybe Goyim can build it too, because you know, there doesn't have to be any Das. A Kadim can build a Sukkah. You, you don't need Das for that. And on the flip side, because the act of building is not the mitzvah, it's just the Heksher mitzvah, it's just facilitating the fact that at the end of the day there is a Beis Hamikdash standing at the end, then that's, the act of building is not chashav enough as a mitzvah to be daicha So that's the flip side. So the mishkan is a ma'isa, the building is the ma'isa mitzvah. You are the ones building the mishkan. It's, the mishkan's mom is yours. It's, you're building it. So you need to be a gadol, and, it's so, and the act of uh, building is the mitzvah, it's daicha But the basic English is the flip side. The mitzvah is not to build the basic English. The mitzvah is to make sure the basic English is there. Obviously, you have to build in order to make sure it's there. But the mitzvah is when it's done. How did it get there? makes no difference. Maybe it came from heaven. Who cares? It's nothing to do with you. You have to make sure it's there. And therefore, Katana could, be, could participate. That doesn't matter to me. Let's say it floats down from heaven. It's good enough. If Katana build it, it's also fine. And it's not Doich Shabbos because the act of building is not the mitzvah. That's the Yisad of the Rabbi Shabbos. Yeah, you were going to say something? Yeah, okay. So, okay, that's the, that's the halacha. How do we explain this? What does this tell us about Mishkan versus Mikdash? So, Ratzadik writes in Rasisi Lila the following Yisad. He says, when we, we think of Mishkan versus the Beis HaMikdash, we think of them as basically the same. They're both temples where Karbanas were done. Happens to be, one was permanent, that's the Beis HaMikdash, and one is not permanent, that's the Mishkan. One was built by Moshe, and one was built by Shlomo Melech. But it's basically the same idea. Says Ratzadik, like, no. Take a look at the words. What does the word Mishkan mean? The word Mishkan comes from the word Shechina, or Shochin, which means to reside. The word Shechina, the word Mishkan means that the level of godliness that the Jewish people experienced through the Mishkan was a level of godliness that was understandable, that was manageable, it was relatable. It was Vavke, like I was talking about before with Brisk, Vavke. That's called Mishkan, that's called Shechina. It's a God that resides amongst you. Shaychen itam betaychtu masam. That's the Mishkan. Mikdash is different. What does the word Mikdash mean? The word Mikdash comes from the word Kodesh, right? What does Kodesh mean? What does Holy mean? Kodesh means Muvda, Mufar, something separate, something unknown, something off limits. I don't touch it, I can't touch it because it's holy, right? Mishkan means very touchable, very relatable. That's why in the Mishkan, Nadav and Aviyu, connecting to the light of the Mishkan, they got too comfortable, right? They go in drunk, 
with wine, bringing carbonates without asking Maishar Rabbeinu. They're too comfortable with the Mishkan. No one's ever going to do that with the Beis HaMikdash. With the Beis HaMikdash, if the Mishkan means connecting to, to the side of God that's relatable to you, that makes sense to you, the Beis HaMikdash means connecting to a side of God that you have no hasagin at all, that you have no idea, you have no contemplation of it all. There are some times when, when you go to a tzaddik, there's two different types of tzaddikim, you know? Sometimes you can have a rabbi or a tzaddik who you love him and your relationship is in such a way where you go to him because of his relatability. He's so relatable, he gets you, he makes, uh, you know, he makes the movie references, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, he gets it, he's so relatable, and, and I grow from the relatability. And then there is a different type of tzaddik, right? Then there's a type of tzaddik you go to completely unrelatable, and that's why you go there, just to experience something that's way beyond your conception. That's called Yudke, that's called Beis HaMikdash. The Pasuk describes the Jewish people going to the Beis HaMikdash. Why do you visit the Beis HaMikdash? In order to experience the Yeres HaShem. What does Yeres HaShem mean? Yeres HaShem means to be in the presence of that side of God that's bigger than you. A side of God that you can't fully compute. That's Mishkan versus Beis HaMikdash. Okay. Now, what happens when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed? What is happening in Gaulus right now? And this will connect us to Perm a little bit. We'll see if you have time to, to do that. But right now we think of ourselves, okay, we don't have Mishkan. A long time we don't have Mishkan. We don't have Beis HaMikdash either. So now we just, we don't have anything. That's not really true. You know, there's a... Uh, Rav Hudner used to give the following mashal to what is happening in Gullis. Well, what's going on in Gullis? He said the following mashal. He said, let's say you have a, a room that's a little bit dark, right? The light, the light, there's a light switch, but for some reason no one's turning it on. It doesn't work right now, whatever. And there's a person in this room that I need to be able to figure out who this person is. So there are two people in the room that need to figure out who this third person is. One person has a match. So he lights the match. And, you know, it's not as light as uh, turning on the light switch in the room, but it's uh, something. So he uses that light in order to, you know, see a little bit vaguely who that person is. And with that, he's able to figure out who the person is. The other person doesn't have a match. So you know what he does? He lets the person talk. And by listening carefully to the voice of the person, he's able to deduce with the voice who that person is. And then, said Ravodner, someone comes into the room, turns the lights on. So now, the person that used the match to figure out who that guy is, now his match is completely useless. It's completely useless. Because now the lights are on. Uh, what do you need the match for? The lights are on. But the other guy, that during the time of darkness decided, you know what, the lights are off now, and I don't have a way of using my eyesight to learn this person. I am now going to tap into a different faculty that I have, which is called hearing. Now he developed, during that time of darkness, his ability to hear this guy's voice. And now the light goes on, now he knows the person not just with, with seeing, because the lights are on, now he, now he knows his voice too, he knows the person even more. Sedra Vodner, that's the Mashal of Gaulus. See, Gullus means the lights are off. Gullus means the Rabbanu Shalom is hiding himself. Gullus means is that there's no sign of God's presence. So now the Jewish people have one of two choices. Either you could just like desperately hold on to any little match, or you could begin to develop within yourself a, a sense of hearing. To be, able to, to be able to develop within yourself an ability to pick up on God's presence which in a way that, that otherwise is undetectable. 
And then when the lights go on, when Mashiach comes, you have developed within yourself an ability to, to experience and to understand and to see God in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to have without that time of Golas. What's happening during Golas is the Jewish people are honing our skills to be able to know the unknown. When God is completely hidden during Golas and we're still saying Maidani, right, and we're still davening, we're still doing mitzvahs, we're developing within ourselves the skills to be able to hear Hashem when you don't see Him, to be able to, to, to hold on to God when He's completely hidden. And so what happens then is when, when, the, when, the, when, the, when, when Mashiach comes and the Beis HaMikdash returns, and what does Beis HaMikdash mean? Beis HaMikdash means God's unknowable, completely profound presence. But all of a sudden, during the years of Golas, we honed our skills to be able to, to find the unknowable God. So now when God reveals himself in the most profound, unknowable way, we already know how to handle that. We have the skills to be... We, 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 we were able to learn to figure out what God's thinking without him having to say it. So now, all of a sudden, our ability to discern and to connect and to really relate to God is much deeper now through Gullus than if it was we had the base of Migdash. In other words, without Gullus, there are these two options. Either I have God as the Mishkan, which is very knowable and down to earth, or I have the God of the Beis HaMikdash, which is completely beyond my conception. But with Golas, I have, been, I, have, I have developed within myself the skills to be able to see things that I couldn't otherwise see, to hear things that I otherwise couldn't hear. And so now when the Beis HaMikdash returns, I am now able to ha- use those skills that I learned in Golas to be able to experience a mishkan in the Beis Hamikdash, to be able to, to be able to, to be able to, actually, feel and 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 feel relatable to that God that's revealing Himself in the Beis Hamikdash takeaway, because I've always throughout the whole years of Golas, I've been growing accustomed, I've been developing the skills of relating to a being that I don't see. I've always, that's, that's what we all try to do. Every single time we daven, this is the big, the big difficulty in davening, is that I keep on talking, but no one's answering back, right? So what do you have to work on with davening? You have to be able to work on this ability to be able to, to, be able to develop the skills of relating to a being that you can't see, to relating to a being that you don't understand. And that's a huge skill that is going to come in great, it's, become re, it's going to come in real handy when Beis English is, re, is rebuilt. Because when the Beis Hamidrash is rebuilt, now the Rabbanu is going to be revealing himself, but he's going to be revealing himself to such a deep degree that it's going to be, I don't know who this God is. But Baruch Hashem, I've been developing those skills over Golas to be able to relate to a God that I don't understand. And now, but until now in Golas, it's been a God that I don't understand because he seems to be not there. But now with the Beis Hamidrash, it's a God that I don't understand because he's, so, because he's, he's pulling back all the curtains. But now, but I, but again, but I've honed my skills to be able to relate to what I don't understand. That's what Purim is, right? Purim is a day that we celebrate our ability to accept and to have a connection to what we don't understand. Ad loyada. That's why Purim is a yantif, which is celebrated in Gullus. It's all Gullus. It begins in Persia and ends in Persia, because that's what we gain in Gullus. The, the the benefit that the Jewish people, the the skills that we develop in Gullus, which is 
to relate to what we don't understand is exactly going to give us the ability to then, when the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt, to be able to not just be in awe of the Beis HaMikdash, but to be able to be in awe of the Beis HaMikdash and at the same time be in love with the Beis HaMikdash, to feel completely at home in the Beis HaMikdash, which we don't understand. Because that's the, that's the God that we've been working on developing right now, is to feel comfortable and at home with the Rabbani Shalom that we don't see. So then when the Rabbani Shalom comes into our lives with Gula, with the third base of Migdash, in a way that's overwhelmingly great, well, we've already developed those skills of being able to connect to what we don't understand. And now that the Rabbani Shalom is mamish in front of our faces, but in a way that's overwhelmingly profound, well, we're comfortable with that already. We know those skills. Therefore, Dafka over here, the Beis HaMikdash, again, this is the idea, the Mishkan, the two words Mishkan, are referencing the Beis HaMikdash when it's being destroyed. Because the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, the Golis that we're in without a Beis HaMikdash, that's when we're developing our skills to find the Mishkan in the third Beis HaMikdash. Our ability to, when the third Beis HaMikdash comes, our ability to find the Mishkan in there, to have a, a sense of, of calm and peace and understanding and relatability to that which is completely beyond our ability to comprehend has been something that's been, which means to find the Mishkan in the Beis HaMikdash, that's something that we've been developing dafka over the years of, of Golis where we don't have the Beis HaMikdash. So this is the meaning, what's going on in the Pasuk, that the two, the two words Mishkan is hinting to the, our, to the Tkufa, to the time period where we're honing in our skills to be able to relate to a Beis HaMikdash in a Mishkan Tikkawai. And the time period that we're holding our skills to have that is dafka during the times of Chorb Beis And that's why the Beis HaMikdash's destruction is being described with the word Mishkan or Mashkan. Hashem is taking the Beis HaMikdash away. Why? Not so we don't have anything left. For, to give us the opportunity to hone our skills to, to be able back. to get it. And then when it, get, when it comes back to us, we now know it much more. And we know it much deeper. When the lights go on, not only do I know what this guy looks like, but I know what this guy sounds like too. I now have more ways of relating to that person. That's what Gullus does. Gullus forces us to find more ways to relate to a God that we don't see. And then when the lights go back on with the Beis HaMikdash, we still hold on to those skills. And when the Beis HaMikdash comes back and God is now mamish profound and our ancestors would have no way of relating to such a God, well, we, we know how to do that. Because we've been davening all these years. We've been, mechazik, we've been strengthening our faith all these years. And so we're very comfortable with having a relationship with an entity that we don't understand. And that's exactly what's going to become the most profound experience when Gula comes, when the Beis HaMikdash is then going to be able to be experienced as if it's a Mishkan. And that's what it means. The Mishkan twice in this Pasuk is hinting to our ability to, trans- to experience the Beis HaMikdash as a Mishkan. And when are we honing in our skills to have that experience? Dafka when, when the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed. And that's what's going on in this Pasuk. And that's the celebration of Purim. The, 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 the Yontav of Purim is a celebration of what? It's a celebration of the skills that we develop Davke in Galas. Because the lights are off, and we have no other choice, we have to develop within ourselves our ability to find a God that's, un, that's not seen. And that's not only what we have to do now, but when the lights go back on, that's going to that's gonna come in. It's going to take our relationship with that God to a whole new level. Because now not only do we know what He looks like, but we're able to hear what He sounds like. We'll be able to have a much deeper, profound relationship with Him. Because we're, we, we've developed those skills of, again, knowing what we can't understand, of relating to what we can't understand.
And when the base of is revealed, it's going to take it all to a whole new level. And that's the side of what's going on over here. The base Migdash, the Bayis HaShlishi, is going to be the union of Mishkan and Mikdash. Of Mishkan and Mikdash. The base Migdash Rishon, the first base Migdash, whose foundation was laid, was, was, was laid by Davre Melech. The Mishkan that was built by Maisha Rabbeinu. Mishir Tzikenu is the Nesham of Mishir Tzikenu, is the Nesham of Maisha and David. Misha Yushiyah, the one that took us out of Mitzrayim, the Pasuk says, is going to be the one to take us out of the final goals. So Mashiach is Moshe. And yet by Yishan Rabbah we say, Isht Tzamech Shemai, Hu Davar Ba'atzma, that Mashiach is Davar Melech. Mashiach is a combination of Davar and Moshe. Moshe is the Mishkan, Davar is the Beis HaMikdash. The Mashiach means a combination of the two. God is now revealing himself in all of his glory, in his unknowable glory. But after Golis, we now have the ability to relate to such a God. That's the unification of the Mikdash. And Mishkan of David and Moshe. No, we should be zayicha that as Gullus, you know, as we're completing the last few uh, little uh, days of Gullus, no, we should be zayicha that that all of our skills and all of our moon and our bitachin and our in our in our davening, everything that we have and all the all the weapons that the Jewish people have been have been developing in terms of being able to find an invisible God, we should be zayicha to use those skills. Not to find an invisible God, but to be able to connect to an unbelievably overwhelming, brilliant light of that God. Because those same skills, that's what we're going to need when that light goes really way on. We're going to have to also be able to relate to the unknown. That's what Purim is. To see that with our own eyes. Mamish. I am by near Bishop Hashem. Let's see. And it's called Tzedek. May have you Amen.